Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Inshallah, I'll introduce the second topic. Our, our brother, Inshallah, Dr. Ayman Hamid, will introduce the building and economic superpower. Brother Ayman is a member of Hizb Tahrir for 30 years. He is a dawah carrier, and he's been given many speeches and khutbah throughout the years. Inshallah, I'll introduce brother Dr. Ayman Hamid. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى الله خير أما يشركون وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله وصفيه من خلقه وخليله بلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة نصح الأمة وكشف الغمة وتركها على محجة بيضاء ليلها كنهارها لا يزيغ عنها إلا هالك فصلوات ربي وسلامه على الرحمة المهدى محمد بن عبد الله وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم ومن والاه رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي Since the inception of the Islamic State when the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم immigrated to Medina along with his honorable companions he صلى الله عليه وسلم laid down for us the foundation for what makes us the global unified Ummah. One of the most important foundations and the true examples and practical uh, methods that he brought forth is the unity he brought forth between Muhajirin and Ansar. From an economic perspective, this was the everlasting mechanism by which the Prophet ﷺ properly distributed the resources among the poor, the foreign, the displaced, the emotionally exhausted, the refugees of that time, the muhajireen, and who were able to live in dignity and honor with shared resources, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed the Ansar of this dunya to share their resources so that they will be elevated in the highest levels in Jannah. By the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, these honorable Ansar were given the chance. It was a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they're able to share their, their wealth in this life to be elevated again in the hereafter. He sallallahu alayhi wasallam also gave us the best example. When he distributed the spoils of war after the battle of Hunayn among the new Muslims from Quraysh and he did not give any share of the Ansar of it. The Ansar were upset. Yes, they had the right to because they were the ones who supported and protected the Prophet sallallahu when he immigrated to them. Upon hearing this and knowing that they were upset, the Prophet ﷺ addressed them in the most heart-touching and the most emotional way possible when he said, people would leave today, people will take the material gain, and you, the Ansar, will take Rasulullah ﷺ. You will take Rasulullah ﷺ, the Prophet of honor, the Prophet Allah sent mercy to mankind. 
in the above examples, the Prophet fulfilled the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and conformed with the economic policy of Islam. He solved what Islam precisely considers as the economic problem of the society. The economic system of Islam is a divine system revealed from our Creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is a gift that we should thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. It is a gift that if we implement, we will, will be rewarded with Jannah. And if we don't, we will be punished with Jahannam. When properly implemented, we enjoy the best of this life and the next one, insha'Allah. Poverty will be eliminated, will not be a pandemic anymore. Corruption and mischief will also be eliminated. Exploiting people and the natural resources will, will be prevented. Muslim youth of the Khilafah were married. The debt of the people were paid for free. They don't have to pay it back in compensation. The money of zakah was left many times at the door of masajid and otherwise, because no one had true need for it. It was narrated that even the fifth rightly guided Khalifa, Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, commanded that the birds and animals were fed on the Muslim lands so that no one would say the birds were hungry in the Khilafah state. The birds would chirp Allahu Akbar when Islam returns. This is an economic system of the noble state, the righteous state, the human state, the state with the divine rules and spiritual criteria. Allah says in the Quran, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, in translation of the meaning of the Quran, Allah says, But seek through that which Allah has given you, the home of the hereafter. And do not forget your share in this life. And do good as Allah has done good to you. And, Allah, and do not be among the transgressors. Allah does not like those who are corruptors. What we propose and discuss today, brothers and sisters, is the system that is divine, unique, and practical solutions for all economic problems. It is unique, I'm sorry, it is uh, divine because it is revealed from the Creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our Lord, the one who gives us and blesses us every day. It is unique because it considers the human being. It is suitable for their needs. It is practical and easy to, to implement. Also, it is practical because it is suitable and designed for human beings. It is not designed for, a, for angels or otherwise. This system is solutions for all economic problems and has no man-made issues and problems like we see today. This is a comprehensive system that governs all aspects of the economic life. All aspects of the economic life in the society of any time, whether it was the time of the Prophet وسلم, our time today or the future. What changes is only the means and the styles because man-man transactions are always the same. Islam addresses the economic system by especially designing its rules to address the different attributes of the economic life and what influences it. We don't have to look anywhere else. We don't have to look any further than the Quran and Sunnah because they contain details for the smallest 
detail for the smallest issue to the biggest policies. For example, Islam has its unique vision about the economic problem and the economic policy in the Khilafah state. The Sharia rules adjust ownership in Islam and the types of properties. The economic system of Islam details the rules pertaining to partnership and the types of property. I'm sorry, the types of companies allowed in Islam. Islam recognized a stable and functional monetary system because this system is based on the gold and silver standards. The Sharia rules as well firmly prohibits riba and the usury and interest-based transactions. In Islam, the industrial, agricultural, and trade policies of Islam conform with the self-sufficiency of the state and jihad as well. The funds in the Khilafah state are distinguished and vast, the resources for which are decreed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are not taxes imposed by corrupt rulers for their own whims and desires. So inshallah today we will start with few of them. I will talk about five of them for the shortage of time. So number one, the economic policy of the Khilafah state. It is based on what the society should be of high morality and piety, brotherhood and cooperation in good. It is to bring about a society where engaging in good is based on what pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and abstaining from sin is the intrinsic criteria for action. The objectives and the high morals of the Sharia are eight. They are the preservation of religion, the human being, the mind, the offspring, the wealth, the state, the security, and the preservation of human dignity. The economic policy of the state, driven by adhering to the rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, guarantees the achievement of much needed values and high morals. When happiness is attained by pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not by material and sensual gain, when the sense of responsibility is accepted and internalized, when the wealth is protected by prohibiting exploitation, thievery, cheating, deceit, monopoly, and the privatization of natural resources, when the wealth is protected and when, the, when, the one, when there is no one who's hungry and no one who's homeless and poverty is eliminated, no one is taken advantage of and enslaved as a result of heavy loans and everyone's basic needs are satisfied. When this happens, then we will produce an atmosphere of unity, an atmosphere of shared resources and helping, not enmity and hatred from conflict of financial issues and transactions, from greed and excessive competition. This will produce an environment of morally based cooperation and competition in good, not evil and corruption. Islam's economic policy is based on nourishing and cultivating a society when the law is intrinsically the, the, when, when the law is intrinsically the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is legal is what is pleasing to him, and what is illegal is what takes to hellfire. As a mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Islam, Islam aims to free us from the constraints of this worldly life. Brothers and sisters, trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what he has chosen for you. And rest assured that it will only elevate you spiritually. Insha'Allah, it will bring you honor and dignity. You will receive for sure that which is decreed for you by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing less, nothing more. Your rizq, your provision will come to you because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed it for you. 
So choose to acquire it in a halal way. Do not choose to acquire it in a haram way. Because no matter what is going to come to you, it is your choice to choose it by haram or seek what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us to seek through halal way. Our deen is providing for everyone's needs to free our worries about ourselves in this world to be focused on the next life. This is what is unique about the Islam's economic policy and the view of Islam, I'm sorry, the view of the society from an Islamic perspective. Number two, the economic problem. Islam recognizes the economic problem as the distribution of wealth, commodities, and services among all people and enabling them to acquire it by striving to achieve it and benefit from it. The economic policy and the economic problem is not the never-ending, always evolving needs and desires of the people, nor it is the insufficiency of resources, being commodities or services. Islam commands work and striving to support one's family. Islam commands engagement and positivity. Islam promotes work, trade, and partnership. Islam promotes science, industry, and agriculture, and cultivation and reviving of every piece of land. Islam gives us all equal opportunities because we are all equal in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, much different from racism and discrimination that we see today. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. فَإِذَا قُضِيَتِ الصَّلَاةُ فَانْتَشِرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَابْتَغُوا مِنْ فَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ In translation, then when the prayers ended, you may disperse through the land and seek the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also says in the Quran, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, هُوَ الَّذِي جَعَلَ لَكُمُ الْأَرْضَ ذَلُولًا فَامْشُوا فِي مَنَاكِبِهَا وَكُلُوا مِنْ رِزْقِهِ وَإِلَيْهِ النُّشُورِ In translation, He it is who has made the earth subservient to you. So walk in the earth. Walk in the path thereof of agriculture and everything else. And eat of his provision. The Prophet wasallam says, No one eats food better than which he ate out of his handiwork. So by promoting and commanding work, and striving and engaging in life, to acquire the wealth and the means of satisfaction in the halal way, Islam guarantees to satisfy everyone's basic necessities all the time. Again, everyone's basic necessities all the time. If the people or individuals fail to meet their needs, then it will become the state's responsibility to help and provide. And if a temporary shortage happens to exist, Islam provides the peace of mind and the patience of the heart to endure it. No matter what, whether it be one day or hundred years, Islam recognizes that food, clothing, and shelter, or housing, are the basic necessities for every individual that must be fulfilled all the time. Islam also recognized that security, healthcare, and education are basic necessities for the society that must be provided for everyone all the time. To solve this problem, Islam focused its rules and systems to distribute the wealth justly, not necessarily equally, so that according to human needs, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guarantees that all basic necessities 
for all individuals are satisfied all the time. By differentiating between three types of properties, being the private property, the public property, and the state property, and specifying the halal means of ownership, Islam guarantees to satisfy, Islam guarantees to bring a balance in the distribution of wealth so that the basic necessities of all individuals are satisfied again all the time. Today, by adopting the law of man, the economists say that there aren't enough resources to satisfy all the needs and desires of all the people all the time. Hence, to solve this relative scarcity problem, which means the limited resources compared to the unlimited needs and desires of the people, you have to increase the production. You have to increase the production and produce the finest production at any cost, even if the people and the resources were exploited. And whether it reaches the people whose survival depends on it or not is not the problem. Rather, the one who is more fit and more powerful will be deserving of it, even if their needs and desires are satisfied. So the rich gets richer and the poor gets poorer. This capitalist way of life did not differentiate between basic necessities and luxury needs. All that is important is the GDP and the finest production possible at the lowest cost possible, even again if people and natural resources are exploited. So labor exploitation and sexualization of society for economic reasons and the benefit of the few will far be more important than distributing the wealth to feed the hungry and treat the sick, let alone the status of piety and morality in the society. As a matter of fact, in this corrupt way of life, the governments and contemporary systems create diseases by manipulating people and their lives so that they also capitalize on disasters, like for example, the global pandemic we have. More than 99% of the people have lost a major portion of their wealth, where at the same time, the top richest 10 people on the planet, their wealth and their fortune have more than doubled. More than 25% of the food production is wasted and is spoiled most of the time to maintain the prices. Where in the Western countries, including the US, a lot of people are deprived and under hunger as well. In the US alone, there are over one to two million people who are homeless. Hundreds of thousands of them are families. And this is where the high-rise buildings and the vacant homes decay of vacancy and dust. In America, the leading country of capitalism, there are hundreds of millions of people in debt. Over 50 million people under poverty line. More than 50 million people don't have health care coverage, are deprived are deprived of education and don't have a fair chance at employment and work. The top 1% of the population own more than 95% of the, of the nation's wealth and resources. This system has failed the people. This system is imposed globally, even on Muslim countries. This system does not provide. It fails to provide and protect the people, and this system is inhumane. Number three, Islam's monetary and currency. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala obligated zakah, it was obligated based on gold and silver alone. 
He subhanahu wa ta'ala specified the nisab, which is the minimum amount when the zakah becomes obligation in gold and silver again alone. So the consideration that zakah on money is by gold and silver specifies that the currency in Islam is gold and silver as well. The Sharia specifies currency exchange, which is purely a monetary transaction with gold and silver alone, which is a clear evidence that currency in the Khilafah state should be gold and silver as well. The Prophet ﷺ said in Sahih Muslim, sell gold for silver as you please. He also said, which is narrated in Sahih Muslim and Bukhari as well, gold for silver is interest unless it is traded hand in hand. Above that, the Messenger ﷺ specified gold and silver alone as the measure for the prices of goods and services. All of the trade and marriage contracts were conducted based on the Prophet ﷺ, and this is evident based on the overwhelming narrations uh, from the Sahaba and the Prophet ﷺ. So the fact that the Prophet has made gold and silver the currency, and the fact that the Sharia linked many of the rules to the gold and silver, and the zakah money is limited to them, and the currency exchange and financial transactions were limited to them, are all clear evidences that the money in Islam is only based on the gold and silver standards and nothing else. So by specifying and linking the Sharia rules dealing with the monetary system to the gold and silver standards, there was never a long-term or severe financial crisis that our ummah could not fairly quickly recover from when Islam was properly implemented, even while the West was rising, and even when we were weak until the Khilafah was destroyed. When gold was replaced with the dollar as the sole monetary standard in the 1970s, the U.S. dollar became the de facto uh, standard for currency around the world. As a result of this, every turmoil and any turmoil in the U.S. economy had caused a fatal blow to the economies around the world, including that of the Muslim world. This is because most, if not all, of the cash reserves are in the U.S. dollar whose actual intrinsic value does not exceed the amount and the value of the paper it is, in, in printed, on. It is printed on. Our Muslim lands are, they have, our Muslim lands have real wealth. The Kufur countries and the Western countries have paper wealth. The example of which is the, is the house of the spider. So when this real wolf returns under the Khilafah system, under the rightly guided Islamic State, then the Khilafah will see, will see the, we as Muslims will see the real change in our conditions. The Khilafah will be able to deliver, inshallah, a fatal blow to the economies of the colonial powers. That will send shock waves to the spines of capitalism around the world, bi-idhnillah. Islam, and under Islam, there was no, as there will be, inshallah, non-artificial inflation and worldwide spiking of the, of the prices for profit. There will be no, evalu no devaluation of the currency, which means stealing people's money. Alhamdulillah. Let me repeat this, inshallah. In Islam, there will be, as there was no, artificial inflation worldwide uh, and increasing in worldwide prices because of the benefit of the few. There was no devaluation of the currency, which means stealing of people's money to collect more profit. There was no manipulation of the monetary system to benefit the rich. There was no extreme fluctuation of wages that will harm only the poor. 
and all the other corruptions we see today. This is because everyone's wealth and investment is protected and the interest-free loans are available and the wealth and the currency are allowed to naturally circulate and sustain its true value to the citizens and the people and the state as well. In Islam and under Islam, there won't be IOUs and fiat money. There won't be printing of money out of thin air without being backed 100% by gold and silver. Today, we wake up every morning and our money is worth less and our wages are less because the average exchange value of, of the currency every morning is less. Number four, the financial, and the, the financial system and the prohibition of riba. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, الَّذِينَ يَأْكُلُونَ الرِّبَا لَا يَقُومُونَ إِلَّا كَمَا يَقُومُ الَّذِي يَتَخَبَّطُهُ الشَّيْطَانُ مِنَ الْمَسِّ ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ قَالُوا إِنَّمَا الْبَيْعُ مِثْلُ الرِّبَا وَأَحَلَّ اللَّهُ الْبَيْعَ وَحَرَّمَ الرِّبَا Also says in the following ayat يَمْحَقُ اللَّهُ الرِّبَا وَيُرْبِ الصَّدَقَاتِ وَاللَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ كُلَّ كَفَّارٍ أَثِيمٍ also says in the following ayah, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, attaqu allaha wa daru ma baqiya minal riba in kuntum mu'mineen. Fa'in lam taf'alu fa'adhanu biharbim minallahi wa rasoolih. In translation of the meaning of this ayat, those who eat riba, will not stand on the day of the, of the resurrection except like the standing of the one who is beaten by the, by the shaitan, leading him to insanity. That is because they say, trading is only like riba, whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala permitted trading and forbade riba. Also, Allah will destroy riba and will give barakah, will, will give increase to sadaqat. And Allah does not like disbelievers, sinners. All you who believe, all you who believe have taqwa, all you who believe have taqwa to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and give up all of that which is left of riba if you were true believers. And if you don't, then take a notice of a war from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger. Which one of us, brothers and sisters, is ready for this war? Which one of us is ready to pick up his sword when he is called upon on the day of judgment to fight Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because we dealt with riba. Is it really worth the risk? Is the risk worth taking in this life and the hereafter? The financial system in Islam is not based on usury and interest-based financial transactions. The financial institutions of the Khilafah, Baytul Mal, the financial institutions of the Khilafah will be organized so that there will be help to facilitate interest-free lending and investment partnership. The financial policies of the Khilafah will ensure the circulation of actual wealth and continuous reinvestment in the society. Under the economic system of the Khilafah, there will be no credit default swaps. There will be no subprime mortgages. There will be no cheap credit or expensive credit. There will be no debt based on interest. There will be no enslavement to the creditors. There will be no compiling debt for the rest of the adult life. There will be no indignity of bankruptcy 
as a result of the confiscation of property. This, as a result, will focus the attention of the Muslim on the production economy, the real economy, which will result in abundance of goods in the Islamic State. There will be an actual product, product I'm sorry, there will be an actual production of goods and services. It will also be an increase in imports and exports based on the needs and the arti not artificially financing cash crops and other transactions. And as a result, there will be competition in good for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to carry out his subhanahu wa ta'ala message and orders with his subhanahu wa ta'ala limits and by his subhanahu wa ta'ala guidance. In response, the Muslim's capacity will be focused on pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by endeavors that will only advance the Islamic cause, not filthy competition that will emanate from selfish and low desires. Islam recognizes the spiritual potentials of the believers. Again, Islam recognizes the spiritual potentials of the believers and provides for that the platform where spending, lending, giving, donating, and exchanging for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is where competition in good should be. When usury, monopoly, deceit, and capitalizing on one's needs are forbidden, then enmity, envy, and hatred between Muslims are eliminated, and the bonds of brotherhoods and cooperation are strengthened. Number five, funds in the Khilafah state. The Khilafah state is rich and wealthy. It is a state that will have vast resources, enabling the state to take care of the affairs of the people with ease and efficiency, inshallah. The revenues from the state property, the public property, the spoils of war, the kharaj, the jizya, and zakah are only examples where the money comes from to Baytul Mal. To highlight how vast these revenues will be, just imagine that of the public property, like the gold mines, or the petroleum wells, or the electricity and gas energy supplies. Imagine, imagine them not being privatized and 100% available at the disposal of the Khalifa to benefit all Muslims as well as the cause of jihad. Instead of few pennies at the donation boxes in the masajid here and there, we will have at our disposal the millions and billions of dirhams and dinars of the wealth of this ummah everywhere. Imagine the zakah being paid willingly for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imagine vast majority of people making sure they pay. Imagine vast majority of people making sure they pay what's, in, what's it due on their money. Not that they are being collected from and that they are taken and stolen from like we pay taxes today. Imagine the virtue of giving overweighs by far the virtue of legal collection that we see today. Imagine then these funds are distributed and properly dispersed justly according to the divine rules of the Sharia. Imagine the zakah paid to the deserving eight categories practically and efficiently. Imagine people share the revenues of the public, properties without corruption, privatization or wastage. Imagine jihad to remove the obstacles before the da'wah being funded to carry the light of Islam and the guidance Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chosen for us to other nations. 
Imagine the state-of-the-art institutions, whether they are educational institutions or healthcare facilities, are established in the Khilafah state and providing services to all people all the time. Imagine the police forces trained and funded to provide and serve, providing real protection and security that Islam guarantees, not intimidation and spying for the sake of power that we see today. Imagine the essential services that are relief for natural disasters, like earthquakes and tsunamis, being funded by the state treasury. Imagine Baytul Mal providing interest-free loans to its citizens, Muslims, and otherwise. In conclusion, brothers and sisters, Islam commands that everyone's basic needs to be satisfied all the time. The divine rules of Islam promote work, dignity, and positive engagement in worldly life. It is the responsibility of the state to provide work and employment, and employment to its citizens. By recognizing the different types of properties and specifying the halal means of ownership, Islam guarantees the proper and just distribution of wealth to satisfy everyone's basic necessities all the time and enabling everyone as much as possible to satisfy luxury needs as well. The economic system of Islam provides a dynamic and productive platform for true partnership and real economic growth. Islam firmly, firmly prohibits usury and commands interest-free lending, hence eliminating the underlying reasons for all modern days enslavement and subjugation. Under the shade of the Khilafah, our investment will be safe, our money and wealth will be protected as the monetary, monetary system is based on the stable gold and silver standards. Islam has provided humanity with a practical example for the rightly guided Khilafah that attained the worldly life by striving to attain the next one. The Khilafah state will build, inshallah, the most powerful economy and most importantly, most pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jazakumullahu khayran. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and seerah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.